Hello and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. This is your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me tonight to record Diz Dads Podcast Plus episode 28 are, well, the same folks who were with me to record episode 27 because this is uh, a continuation. We recorded this all in one block, but realized when we went to release it that it was probably longer than we should release in one show. So I'll be back shortly here with my co-hosts, Willie Crocker and Tim Hicks, and our special guest, Jay Crocker. But before we dive into our continuation of the uh, re-theming of Disney's Hollywood Studios, I still need to thank our podcast sponsors. Mouse Master Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner, and they would love to help you with your next Disney destination vacation. Wicked Mouse Travel is also an authorized Disney vacation planner, and hey, they'd be happy to help you too. You can check each of them out at their respective websites, mousemastertravel.com and wickedmousetravel.com. They've been great sponsors of the show. Our other sponsor is Kingdom Strollers. Um, If your next Disney destination travel happens to take you to Orlando, um, really ought to check them out. Um, Kingdom Strollers is Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. They provide a clean and well-serviced product that runs well, great delivery process, and they will take great care of your family. Check them out at kingdomstrollers.com. Uh, Okay, so let's dive back in. Last week, we focused really the entire show on Sunset Boulevard. Um, This week, we are going to turn our attention to the rest of Disney's Hollywood Studios, all the other areas outside of uh, Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land. So let's go ahead and go across the way to Echo Lake. And on our way there, sort of the the last thing in the middle area of the park, right, as you're getting to Echo Lake, is the the Frozen sing-along for the first time in forever. That's fairly new for the area, um, but, you know, it's been there now for what? Since the first movie came out, so. We're almost six years now, aren't we? Yeah, something like that, which is, look, let's be honest, in, in Disney stage show terms, you know, it's a baby. Um but are we does that does that need a refresh or or is it recent enough that it doesn't i'll say that um i love it uh you know i i love to go to it i i enjoy it i i like seeing the different historians and the spin that they give on it i like singing along with all the kids and i will say right now that for my husband it is nap time <laughs> <laughs> we we, have, we talked about it just today at our at dinner. Um, he literally goes in. He says, "Ah, air conditioning," and he lays back for half an hour. Um, and you know, and I wake him up when it's over, and he walks out refreshed. Um, I I would love to see something like the Frozen sing along, uh, you know, with with a newer movie or an older movie. But I'll I'll be really honest. I don't know that there is 
another movie that is as iconic with so many songs as what happened with the original Frozen. Because even Frozen 2, as much as I enjoyed it, most people can't sing more than one song from it. Right. Whereas, whereas I mean, like five or six songs from, from Frozen, everybody knew every word of it because their kid made them watch it 400 times. Right. If yeah. you could do Moana. That's, that was my one suggestion would probably be Moana. Yeah, you, you could do, do Moana, but remember, we're, we're theoretically still going to get, you know, the, the Moana in Epcot, right? The, the water thing, whatever that it is. Happens. Yep. 2029, right. 2043. If and when it happens. Right. Um, by that time, they'll have more IP that will work. <laughs> the rock will be old by then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, he'd still be able to, like, cock his eyebrow, though. Uh, I mean, my, my one thought was that, that you could you really wouldn't have to do a lot to refresh that Frozen show. Just, you know, bring in the one new song, you know, extend the story a little bit, kind of fast forward through some of the weird, stupid Hans stuff and just get to the good stuff, right? Um, and, so essentially shorten the show, like I said, with Beauty and the Beast. Well, we're going to shorten the first part so that we can bring back in the Frozen yes, 2 definitely. elements, right? I so you've got an excuse to sing the new song. Um, but other than that, I don't think you need a whole lot more um, because, it, like we said, it's fairly new. The, the next thing there, though, is one that's sort of an interesting transition point, and it's a challenging attraction to deal with, and that is Indiana Jones' epic stunt spectacular. Now, that thing has been sort of on the chopping block on and off for probably a decade and a half. Sure. Um, and there are two things that seem to keep it alive. One is that there seems to be this this you know constant prospect of a new movie, which is actually finally sort of ready to roll. Um, it's, it was supposed to be in production now, but they're they're on hiatus because they can't film under these conditions. Um, but we have a new film coming. Meanwhile, though, the show is still the old show, and the the second thing that keeps it around is that it is a fantastic event space. And Disney can't give it up while it's being renovated because they use that event space and it's booked out like five, six, seven years in advance. So anything you do in that space has to be done without disrupting the, the banquet space. Um, You know, they, they, they aren't going to give that up. So, it's like World Showplace. They're never going to give that place up. Exactly. Like it's a gold mine. So, exactly. so with that you being the case, so what do you do with the stunt spectacular? Because I don't think Nothing. anybody can argue it's not old in the tubes. So, so you're going to say that you let you continue doing the same show that's been in that space for I mean 25 years. Realistically, you watch it and you say, "Oh my god, that was a really cool movie." But at the same time, you say, "What could you really do to overperform it?" And there's not a lot of movies that they could use to overperform what they already did. You know, I mean, the big ball comes down, they get people out of the crowd, they do things. And it's not one of those movies or events where you can say, wow, we could do blank. And maybe I'm wrong. Tim, you might have an idea. Well, I, I don't know that I have a great idea. And that's the thing is that, you know, the, in that particular Indiana Jones movie dates to the eighties, right? I mean, kids these days can't relate to that even, uh, unless mom and dad have shown the movie. So, you know, what, 
what can you do that with that? I was sitting here trying to rack my brain about you know, what you might be able to do that has that physical, like you said, you, you have the ball rolling, you've got the interaction with you know the the crowd, you've got the you car know, a lot blowing of stuff up. Yeah, the I mean, plane on fire. So All right. cool. Jay has something that he wants to say, and then I've got one too. So go ahead, Jay. Yeah, Jay. Um, I was thinking, and I could be wrong because it hasn't really come out yet because they pushed back the release date, if I'm not wrong, is Jumanji. With um, with the release of Jumanji, there are so many different things you could do with different pieces of sets, et cetera. You could have a blast with kids with kids um, or adults to pulled from the audience to interact with um, the various aspects of the game levels of, of Jumanji. Okay. But the movie doesn't really... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something else out at you because well one word Mandalorian right it's it's in Echo Lake so it's closer to Galaxy's Edge and it's just down you know next door almost to to uh, Star Tours you could so far you could do a stunt show but build it around the Mandalorian storyline. So you've got the child at peril over and over again, saved over and over again by the Mandalorian in all kinds of different ways. Right. And you would fill the stands with kids. Okay. So I'm with you. So, okay. So when they roll the stage back where they normally have the airplane from, uh, from Indiana Jones instead, they have that robot that can shoot all different directions. So you you play something with that. You play with the Um, robot. You've got, you could, you all the, all the different kinds of of spacecraft you could use for different things. You've got the different, um, uh, you know, um, creatures, animals, whatever that you, that you're going to encounter. Um, you can play with fire because he, he has that, that fire weapon. Right. Um, you know, they're great, moments of, of flight and of, um, uh, sort of falling and, and, you know, stunt fall type stuff. And you could tie that spacecraft idea right into galaxy's edge, like take one of those and put them in the, the speeder repair center. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you could, you could totally make that flow. Right. All right. So Jay, what do you think? Does the Mandalorian work? The, Mandal- the Mandalorian works great for me. It's, I think it's a fantastic series, um, and I think you could do a lot with it with the stunts. I worry that um, there are people that are not as huge as Star Wars fans as my family is, and that if we start to Star Wars the whole park, um, that you might have some people that might be turned off by it. I am not one of those people. Uh, <laughs> Because I loved The Mandalorian, and I think it would be awesome to see a a stunt show. Um, You know, um, I do think that when we think about theming for this, um, whether it be Indiana Jones or Jumanji or or anything like that, or or, um, The Mandalorian, we are talking a lot of money to redo this one. What we were talking about originally, just kind of, you know, scrubbing and shining. Um, I think that with the idea of the banquet space and the amount of money it would cost to fix it. Um, I, I think we probably know why it has remained what it has. <laughs> since, since it's That's probably changed. true. I mean, the, the well, nice thing about, 
being a stunt show though is it's the whole point is that you can work with facades right you can work it doesn't have to be uh quite the the building quality that you would you know normally need from a new attraction exactly exactly but i've got in my mind i've got audio animatronics of those creatures that they have on set you know what i'm saying well, sure. And, and look, eventually when you get to that, that starts to get expensive and maybe that's something you can't do in the show at first and you can bring it in and, Late. you know, right. And for the but first okay, couple, you put an actor in a suit. The, yeah. There's nothing wrong with a, a long-term plan to like, say, Hey, we're going to introduce it this way. And then we're going to add this. And then we're going to add this. Right. Keeps it fresh. Nothing wrong with Yeah. I was going to say it also brings relevant. people back. Cause right. Like, exactly. How many times do you go to the Indiana Jones show overall? I mean, we didn't go. When I stopped raining. going to that a long time ago. Yes. Well, and that's the other piece, right? There's, that's raining. the problem is that it's a it's a thirty minute show. It takes at least fifteen minutes to seat everybody. So you're committing yourself to you know forty five minutes to an hour to to see that show. And you know it's another one where you really probably need to tighten up the timeline on the show. Um, just because I think that that Hollywood Studios is becoming a more and more difficult park to plan for and maneuver through with the the plethora of longer shows. Well, you do need a you do you do need a people suck away from Galaxy's Edge. That so, and that is a people like hog, right? Totally. What is it? Twenty five hundred people can go in there, something like that. I mean, it, it yeah. does, and it, and putting it in that location and having that theming would help bleed some people out of the middle of Galaxy's Edge. I think so. It's also one of those places where, you know, you got there at eight and you do the one o'clock show. You're like, all right, it's time to go home now. And you bail <laughs> and you leave the park instead of going back into deeper into the park. Maybe, maybe. Um, the only other attraction over here that, that I think really needs much attention is, um, you know, we've got star tours and it, the nice thing about star tours is that it's self-updating, right? I mean, the new version, they, they already have been really good about adding in new scenes as there's new content to put in there. So I really don't know. There's much to do with star tours at all. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. The only thing that I, I think eventually could use a little bit of a, of a refresh would just be the queue. Um, although it's also because we love it and we ride it a ton, uh, because you get a different tour every time you ride it. I mean, we we ride it four or five times when we are, when we're there, assuming we can get fast passes or that the line is short. Um, but I'll be really honest. It's one of the cues still for an older uh, attraction where people stop and still take pictures and video and, uh, you know, watch the little aliens and all of that. So I might just be wrong on this one, uh, but I just feel like sometimes the queue is, you know, mm, okay, that's fun. Can we move along? You know, uh, right. yeah, but there's still that point where there's C3PO and R2D2 and things pop up where, right, even when you're 55, you still say, oh my God, there's R2D2, yeah, there's I'm C3PO. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just See, sticks out. And I think for me, what it is, is that the first time we went on it, and then again, when 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 we took our son back when he was in high school, um, the, the idea that he, you know, we still had Luke Skywalker and, and um, various uh, stormtroopers walking around in the catwalks above, and that doesn't happen anymore. And with, with the loss of that, I feel like a lot of the, the multi-layered of of the the multi-layered effect of the queue itself has has been lost. 
Well, you know, you, you bring up an interesting point, and, and I don't know that this is the right place to address it. But to me, right now, that's the biggest hole in the sort of whole Star Wars presence at Hollywood Studios, and that is the absence of original trilogy characters, because they they made a decision in terms of the direction to to do it and and I and I understand the the choice I do um but we've been left with a hole in the story that is kind of everybody's favorite part of the story right 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 I mean, well, yeah, but but you also have the absence of the current characters i mean where's ray where's finn no no and, but you and, see and, ray and... in galaxy's edge they're walking around Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Yeah. And Chewbacca, yeah. too. I've not seen him yet. I've oh. seen Chewbacca, and I've seen the Stormtroopers. I've not seen Ray. Okay. I've, not I've seen definitely Finn. seen Ray, and Ray is cool because Ray Ray plays her role, right? I mean, she's she's a, a rebel, and she's a spy. So she's sneaking around, and she'll peek. And, and and she brings the kids with her. She yeah. grabs little girls and boys and like hides with them around right. oh, various parts cool. of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. It's brilliant. I've, I've been in there, but I've not seen that. So yeah. that's, they that's like cool. play cat and mouse with the with the stormtroopers. Too much blue milk for you, Tim. <laughs> I've, I've, I've promised I've not had any of the blue milk with or without additives. You're missing out with the additives. Know, the good stuff with rum. With, without the additives. They were closed when I went around. It was kind of late in the already um so i you know and and to that point i mean that's another you know i i suggest a mandalorian but but that's another possible place right another thing we could do there is that you could you could use the original trilogy star wars uh sort of pantheon those characters to do the stunt show right and it, it would bring that element in and sort of round it out. And I think would maybe help satisfy a lot of the fans who are cranky about the fact that they're not there. Well, no, I think that's a great idea. I mean, you're, you're bringing in relevant modern characters, you know, from, uh, from Mandalorian that don't have any other place to go. So to me, that's a great, great idea. Great option. Right. Right. But I'm saying you, you might even be able to, to, do you know phases of the show right because the mandalorian yeah. if i'm remembering right should be roughly contemporaneous with the original trilogy right it's either just yeah. before or just after in the time well, if, you're, if you're thinking the child is actually baby Yoda, He's not. we know that before. we know that's no, not the case not. but there's a lot of people that are confused on that yeah. point well, but again, that's another thing that you can, depending on how you structure the show, you can actually help contextualize it, right? Tell the story. Yeah. Tell yeah. The story. So the Mandalorian is five years after episode four. So okay. after the fall of the empire. Right. In episode so four. perfect. So, so you do the first half of the show is the, the classic characters. It's, it's Luke and Leia and Han and Darth Vader and Darth Maul. And, and that's what people want. You know, yeah, and they people, want something. Well, well, exactly, yeah. and they get and they get the stunt stuff from them, and then you have you know whatever their climactic moment is, and what follows is the crash landing of the Mandalorian with the child, and you get the second half of the story, which is you know the child in peril. Why not? That's fresh. It's great, and it's not really that hard to rebuild. Like, I mean, there's some area back there to use some of that area to just build I me. Mean, how much do you really need to build? Like, you know, you get the stormtroopers and you get the characters. It's no more different than 
I mean, realistically, than Indiana Jones, like you know, well, you get I, I, maybe a 10 lot more of those people. sets. Oh, yeah, a lot of those sets. All you got to do is put a fresh coat of paint on them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so uh, we're at risk of running really long here, but I, I, I do want to pick up a, a couple of other kind of odds and ends pieces that I, I think are worth mentioning if we're talking about refreshing Hollywood studios by sort of retheming existing assets. So um, th- there are some dining locations in this area that are worth mentioning. And and I think it's a matter of choosing, right? What is it, what do we need to preserve and what are things that could really use a facelift? Um, you know, we've got fifties um, primetime cafe that, that has a, a really sort of split following, right? There are people who swear by it, who absolutely love it and, you know, love its unique spin. There are other folks who are just done with it. They've had enough of it and, you know, talk about, how it's just not like it used to be and all that. So we've got that space. We've got 50 sci or we've got the sci-fi diner nearby. Um, we've also got, um, uh, the, the Hollywood and vine, which is already going to have to change because it's a buffet. So, you know, something has to Mama Melrose change There's, there. Yeah. There are a lot of things that have to be reviewed here. Yeah. So, so any, what, what's your, what's your sense of, of, you know, the, the most significant changes really that that need to be made in terms of dining that don't involve, you know, plowing under a restaurant. Okay. So let me jump on this one. Cause I look at 50 primetime cafe and this is the elephant in the room. I know, and people are going to agree or disagree with me. I don't really care. Here's the deal. Fifties is a generation beyond me. Okay. And I'm, I'm getting, you know, a bit long in the tooth myself these days. And I get in there and yes, I identify with the Melmac. I identify with the, the, the plates and, and the stuff that are used for service, but the old TV shows, um, was I married Joan and, and those things like that, that I no longer identify with. But if you made that a decade later, sixties, we still had those same tables and the same Melmac and the same you know stuff, but update the TV shows. Is that something that's still relevant for a place like Hollywood Studios? That's questionable. And beyond that, I feel like the service in that place has gotten a bit lazy, and I, I, that's not a, a great word to use. But when I go in there. I expect to be able to misbehave, you know, put my elbows on the table, you know, do, do stuff like that. that And, and get a reaction to, for it. Yeah. It should draw the ire of my wait staff and it no, no longer does. I, never, I don't get called out for that stuff anymore. And I'm like, okay, so what's the whole point here? You know, it's, this is, this is part of the catch. It's part of the fun. So I don't know. What do, what do you do with this? Do you make it a '60s prime time? Do you just scrap the idea entirely? What What do you think? I think, first of all, I, I need you to know that '50s prime time cafe is my favorite non deluxe dining because I love. Uh, I'm not saying too, that. I totally love it. You know, it's it's my favorite sure. at Hollywood Studios, so it's it's difficult for me to be. Um, objective and and, the, and that dining room belongs in your home. Yes, yes, and I want their bar, and I want their dining room, <laughs> and I want the living room, and I want those TVs, and I want the, the kitschy knickknacks. I but, want the bartender who's kidding who here, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but but I have to say that as much as I'd love it, and as much as I even love the facade on the outside, it doesn't fit in 
with a lot of what's around there anymore. Um, and so I would, I would agree that I think the food that is served there is classic American fare. It doesn't need to be fifties. I mean, we still eat fried chicken. We still eat meatloaf. We still eat onion rings. We still eat milkshake or drink milkshakes. We say, you know, everything they serve there is something that could be revamped or redone. I would miss the fifties primetime cafe, but again, I don't see people being fed their vegetables anymore. I don't see, um, you know, the clean plate club stickers that I used to see. You know, right. they just don't do it, and it, it does seem to have lost that kitsch and that and that fun little um, extra. You know, lunch was really fun today because we laughed with our wait staff as we went back into the fifties, and I'm nowhere near the fifties. You, you know, had, so I agree. We had one experience where the server was such a classic and so well-loved and adored that we, she actually has her own Facebook page and we took a picture with her so that we could get on her Facebook page. And that was really cool, but that is so few and far between, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, like I said, so many I, out there. yeah. They oh, dude, I have relatives that when we all went there together, they got mad at me for, uh, for egging the, the wait staff on, to like, like they didn't understand. Right. Yeah, they, they didn't get it. I was like told to be eating their vegetables and you didn't do this. And like, come on, people, it's part of the show. It's part of the kitsch. It's the whole deal. But I on the on the flip side of that, I went and bought the recipe book just so I could make that meatloaf because it is so good. It is so good. And I make it at home and I love it. And everybody loves Delicious. it when I make it. I love it. Yeah, it's to die I for. wish I could make meatloaf at home. I'm not allowed to. Oh, dude, seriously. Yeah. Not about that. I know. <laughs> meatloaf, beetloaf. I love meatloaf. Meatload. <laughs> meatload. Um, no, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. I, I think that, that 50s primetime, again, it was an homage to the era of Hollywood that they were trying to evoke with the old version of Hollywood studios. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make any sense. So there's no reason not to change it up to make it something different, to refresh it. Um, you know, I don't even know that, that theming it to a decade makes sense because it's not a history park really anymore at all. Right. Um, I, I would almost like to see it done. You know, you, you've got that sort of winding layout already of the restaurant, which I think lends itself to doing something really kind of inventive with it. I think it would be fun to have all those different, you know, there's got to be what, four or five different dining room spaces. So why not? At least. Yeah. So why not redecorate them? So that each one is a different sort of iconic movie dining room, like restaurant room, you know, the, the, the but current movies kind of like be our guest is with, well, like be our guest is with the castle with beast castle, but this would be like one step more eclectic. So it would be the, you know, the, the, the dining room and diner and the dining room from casino and the diner, you know, all these movies that have, you know, important scenes, the, 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 um, the the dining room in the deli from when Harry met Sally, right? I mean, all these different instantly identifiable places. And they bought all these. So recreate that scene every single time I was in there. Of course you would. And they would hate you for it so much, Tim. They totally would, but I would do it. 
Um, and again, I, I just think that that would help. It would make the restaurant more relevant and it would also help serve as connective tissue for the theming of the park. They could also change the food a little bit more because you don't have to have the few menu items. I mean, I love meatloaf. I love pork chops. I love green beans. But, you know, you could change things around. You, you could offer a couple of lighter options that are not, correct. you know, gut Says bombs the from the 50s. Eater. I'm a very picky eater, but you can offer so many other things and okay, not make so- it crazy. But we can have barbecue mac and cheese and bacon mac and cheese and <laughs> <laughs> and steak, steak mac and cheese, potatoes. <laughs> See, I, I I like I like your idea of of retheming it with multiple dining spaces, but I think we too are products of our generations because, again, like the argument we made about people not recognizing the Twilight Zone. Kids that walk in there, they're not going to know that when Harry met Sally Diner no. or anything like that. No, so I think, and, and somebody think, other than me yeah. needs to pick the the yeah. <laughs> pick the movies. But but I think even then, why not even see if you could, I, I don't know, um, subtly work in again more um, more Disney movies where where they've eaten at home. You know, there's a lot of time that's spent in the kitchen in. Um, in the new onward, um, you know they've got a they've got a kitchen mm-hmm. in their home. What is it uh, inside out when they're sitting around the kitchen table? Oh, um, absolutely. With with that one, I mean, why not why not build the kitchens of these uh, you know of these films? Um, That's great. And and you can well, and you can so, eat in those as well. Support the idea of eating at home from food mm-hmm. cooked in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. So like, look, this is Disney. This is you know this is where oh. our characters eat. You can eat there too. The one thing I would say, though, is that they do show clips from the original Mickey Mouse Club or the Mouseketeers, you know, and that's something that I don't want to lose that. And that's about all that's left anymore. Right. Because you can't you can't dial that up on on pay-per-view or or on demand. You can't pull that up. It's all on Disney Plus. It is. You can watch the original Mickey Mouse Club, Club, including including all the little shorts they used to run, the Spin and Marty and all that stuff. It's all on Disney Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. You can watch this on Disney Plus. And we may not hear from Tim again for about a month. (laughs) Especially if you're going to go watch Spin and Marty. (laughs) They're going to totally mute me. Sorry, guys. But yeah, yeah, but, but that's the whole deal is if you're not watching that on Disney Plus, okay. How do you even know about Mouseketeers anymore? Do you even realize that Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were Mouseketeers? Do you really even know that anymore? We talked about that today at lunch. Basically, Jay and I have pictures that we found. And we were like looking at when the Mickey Mouse Club was performing. And Jay and I were like, that could be Justin Timberlake and Brittany, and we didn't know it as kids. Right, right. And sure. Ryan Gosling and all of them. It's literally a picture of them performing on set with the, you know, when you used to tour the studio. Right, right. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a good a good point, and I don't know what the answer to that is. And maybe maybe part of what this is is that we want to find a place for it. Um, but I, I would hate to preserve a restaurant that overall we don't think works so much. All because of a you know four minute video clip, right? I think, 
work it in, figure it out. I think the answer then is uh, on the other side of Echo Lake, which is you ask about the sci-fi drive-in. I think, first of all, I think the layout is terrible. Um, I know there are people, again, I think much like the 50s diner, people either love it or they don't love it. I don't love it. Um, I I hate it. Yeah, I think it's uncomfortable. I think the food is kind of ho-hum. I've I've never had really good service there, and I think the movies are dumb. Um, Why not? Why not turn it into the original Mickey Mouse Club? You know, where you can see pictures of that. Oh, I love it. You know what? And and, and here's a great example. You know, one of the things that we're having to deal with is that character experiences have to change, right? So, rather than sitting in a dark room watching movies while you eat, why not turn it into a stage show? Right? Why not turn it into a Mickey Mouse Club stage show? And not the Disney Junior version that you kind of get, you know, down the road a little bit, which is a very different thing. But, the you know, classic uh, uh, Mickey Mouse Club style with hosts introducing you to the characters that can do scenes and, you know, kind of variety show style almost, you know, during your meal. It gets you a new, different kind of character experience that you can't you – know, since you can't do the kinds that we, we would otherwise want to do and makes, I think, better use of the space and better use of the environment. And it gets rid of those really uncomfortable car tables. Oh, really please. Oh, my God. Four people in a booth the size of – Well, the thing like, is you're not facing each other. You're facing the screen. Right. Exactly. It, it doesn't even promote family dining. No, I I hated that was the worst part of it was it was trying to have a conversation with my family about the experience that we were having with everybody, you know, either leaning backwards, twisting around to try and and nobody could hear because you couldn't hear over the soundtrack and it it was yeah, it was not a not a I didn't enjoy the experience significantly. We're trying to eliminate screen time, not encourage it. <laughs> Good luck in a modern theme park. But the B-run movies, come on. I mean, it's it's funny, it's kitschy, but it's it's not happening. It's, it's outdated. It's not, That's what it is. It's outdated. Thank you. It, it is outdated. Exactly right. Exactly right, Willie. All right. So the, the last major piece that I think we need to make sure we talk about before we wrap here um, is, is maybe to some extent an elephant in the room, um, and that is Muppet Vision 3D. Right? I, I'm with you. I love it. I absolutely love it. They've done some really nice things in the queue to update it over the last few years. Um, but all of that said, it's the same movie that they made, you know, like that they made and then had to sit on because Jim Henson died and they couldn't use it. <laughs> it took them a year to get all the negotiations done so they could open it. Um, it, it 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 what was once a really innovative 3D movie it, it just doesn't have the same sort of uh, wow factor that it did 15 years ago well you're right when you when you get into the the waiting area before you get in and and the best that you can do to rile up the crowd and yes i have done this thank you is run around and go and people aren't looking for all of the gags that are there. And there are so many gags that are there. 
you know, you've got the key under the mat. You've got a net full of jello. Well, the, you know, the whole it, thing, I mean, all of it and the, the updated pre-show is much better and, and, you know, uh, those are good pieces, but I, I guess, right. It's, it's yes, but what, what, what needs to be done for it to still be, because I, I feel like to some extent it was still drawing crowds because for a while there, there wasn't anything to do at Hollywood studios in the modern Hollywood studios. There's a lot to do. So what still makes it worth your time to go and see, because I still think we want to find ways to pull people into it because it's the only Muppet attraction in Hollywood studios. And, you know, the only sort of permanent Muppet attraction at Walt Disney world at this point. Okay. So there are four of us on this, this little podcast. When the last time you were in Hollywood studios, how many of you went to Muppet 3D? Okay, absolutely. one out. Absolutely. Oh, oh okay. Every time. Every time okay, folks that are listening, two out of four. It's Aaron, two out of four. Aaron and I barreled through there after um, Rise of the Resistance because we had to go to a conference, but I would have definitely gone. Okay, so do you go there for the show or do you go there because it's air conditioned? Okay. I go there because Be I love now, Muppets. Yeah, I, I love Muppets. I don't sleep I there. That's too. the one place I don't sleep. I love Muppets. I totally do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it sure does need to be refreshed a bit. Oh, absolutely. What what I think really needs to happen is Disney needs to invest more in the Muppet franchise. Um, the Muppets, you know, when you when you consider what the the Children's Television Workshop and Sesame Street and Muppets have done for education for children. Yes, Disney has dropped the ball in continuing as children transition to you know, teens and adulthood with an understanding of what the Muppets are doing and why they all have such distinctive individual personalities. Disney needs to release a real Muppet movie again and then somehow change whatever's going on in the Muppet theater to reflect you know, like the diversity of the Muppets or an understanding of the world through the Muppets or, or something like this. I, I, I don't think you could be more right, Jay. I See, totally and, with you on that. and I think that what it comes down to is that I think you're a hundred percent right, which unfortunately makes it something that is more than just window dressing, right? Because this is kind of the one attraction. It, it's almost, it's got the opposite problem. The window dressing is fine. It's wonderful. We could leave that, but it needs a new show. Um, I mean, look, there is, as much as I love that show, Bean Bunny is a useless character. Of course. He's the only part of the show. Actually, the 3D, um, the 3D, whatever The spirit of 3D guy, yeah. I I, I hate him too and Bean Bunny. Those are the only two things in the show I don't like. I love everybody else. Because they're not Muppets, really. Right. Right? Right. You don't really, you're not as familiar with that character as you are with, you know, the Swedish chef and the other characters. Cause, right? Again, because they're not Muppets. They're just animated things. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that, I think, is is what's missing. I mean, I guess Bean Bunny is technically a Muppet, but he's not a Muppet in anything else. Right. right. Um, he was made for the show. Right. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, 
I think you hit the nail on the head. It needs an updated show and it needs to be completely new. And and as a result, it's probably something that's going to have to wait for a while because there's not the money to do it. But, and, and, and we can't just refresh because the stuff that we're talking about in terms of retheme and all of that, you know, most of it is window dressing and the window dressing at Muppet Vision 3D is actually pretty good now. I mean, they've even gone and it seemed to me that last time I was there, the animatronics in front of the stage were working better than I had seen them in the past. Um, But, but you know, it's, it's the same film and, and, you know, the same core problem with, with, you know, breaking through the back of the theater into Disneyland. (laughs) There has got to be better intellectual property that can be incorporated into a new show than what we currently have is how many years old? I mean, I, I don't even want to know. You don't even have to tell me. There is better intellectual property to be had to be incorporated in than what we have right now. Well, it, it could just, I mean, it could be a new Muppet movie. That's what I'm saying is it should be yeah. a new Muppet film. Absolutely. No reason not to. There's there's no reason we can't have something way better. I mean, even the pre-show with the, terrible tv screens are awful like you can update the flat screen to flat screen tvs you could even put the 3d glasses on and make that the nine minute wait before you go in just to have something to do right. i mean you're just standing there in like the dark unventilated room like completely uncomfortable but i will say this willie they've updated the pre-show why can't they update the actual show I think it's money. Right. I mean, it's just because they got to do it. They got it. Well, and, and they don't have the creative for it right now. They don't have a new film. Um, and I don't know. I mean, th- that's my biggest concern is that I, I feel like that, that if they don't get a new film soon, then it's going to be 25 years because the problem is going to be that we're running out of folks at Jim Henson studios who are still around who know the Muppets. Right, who who remember the Muppets the way the Muppets? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be, to be a renaissance in like you said, twenty five years. Right, if if it doesn't happen before before we lose the rest of that original team that made the Muppets what they were, um, because you know those folks are are I hate to put it this way, but those folks are dying off. Well, sure, and they're they're really special people because they really do know. The complete Muppet Show. Oh, absolutely. Well, not only that, they knew Jim Henson, of course. But just it, and, and they were part of the creative process with him, which is the real important part, I think. I, I do. I, I think we should also kind of consider that with the advent of Disney Plus, um, maybe a new version of Muppets could come out, you know, in a different way, you, you know, um, rather than releasing a huge film, which let's be clear, unless you're of our age bracket or older, um, you're probably not going to get your kids to go see the Muppets. You know, maybe something on Disney plus would, would be a draw and we might see it that way, which, you know, makes it easier to produce, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we have had, my understanding is we had sort of two near misses. Um, They were very close to doing a Muppet um, nighttime talk show for Disney plus. Um, which, uh, I, I don't even know what happened to it. Um, I mean, they, they had a concept, they had people involved, they had, you know, real fairly major Hollywood names involved. Um, and it it just fell through. It 
it didn't either it didn't test well or it didn't come together for whatever reason it it didn't come through um but your point is well taken i think that there is there's going to be likely something coming from disney plus and i mean i hate to admit it but the at the moment the saving grace of the muppets is the muppet babies um because they're making a ton of money on the muppet babies i was going to say the muppet babies are now back into the kids yeah can we get them say that ouch but that's who you need. Right. Because the kids have adopted them, but the, the point is at some point we have to transition them from the babies to the adults. Right? They gotta grow up with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, eventually they're gonna get older and they're going to get the humor of the Muppets. Right. Which is not perky little kids, it's not. No. That's a good point. It's also not for anti-intellectuals or educated people. Understand <laughs> that it may just be that the masses are Oh, don't get no, me Please, please don't, 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 don't damn us to <laughs> <Yes>. that. Oh, God, you make snort. All right. Uh, so, anyway, I mean, I, th- I think we've pretty much covered the major points. Um, is there anything in the existing studios that, that you feel like that we haven't talked about that really specifically, you know, n- needs just a facelift to fit better with the new vision of what Disney's Hollywood Studios is? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think as we as we wind our way over, as you said, to um, you know the Toy Story Land and and Galaxy's Edge, the theming shifts so dramatically that you know um, to to mess with any of that seems like a waste of money and time. Yeah, yeah, and I they put and a I, lot of thought into that. Yes, go ahead. Well, and I just I think I think that we've reached a point with Hollywood Studios where. Instead of it being a single, you know, a park with a single cohesive story, it is, instead of being, okay, let's put it this way. Instead of being a children's book, it's now a chapter book, right? And and the different areas are different chapters of that book now, instead of all being the same story. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that if we would, if they waste money, if they spend a lot of money trying to make it all one cohesive theme, what we'll get is a mishmash that's dumbed down and doesn't really work for any of them. So I'd much rather they just go all in and, you know, devote each area to its theme um, and, you know, let things sort of develop their own way of stitching together. Um, All right. Anybody else have any, any last thoughts? Oh no, you're you're absolutely right, and there are things that I miss and things that I will miss as things evolve. But that's part of the whole thing is it's all a matter of evolution to you know what's current, what's happening now versus what was current twenty years ago. You know, it's kind of like the American Idol experience. You know, American Idol was a huge thing, and you know, yes, I was on stage in 2010. I did that. Okay, that was great. But it's not relevant anymore. So as things evolve and as everything changes, so must the parks change to be able to stay relevant. It's kind of sad that you mentioned that American Idol is no longer relevant as it is wrapping up its whatever season. 48th season. (laughs) Realistically, change is good. You know, sometimes you don't like it, but when you really look back, you're like, hey – I mean, I loved playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. 
That was so much fun. You know, the rapid button and everything else. But at the same time, it moved on. Like, we're yeah. done with that. Like, it's exactly. time for something new. You know, the there Drew are Carey more experience. Ideas out there. Yeah, there are great ideas that are out there that are just waiting to be unleashed. I mean, I hated the Drew Carey experience that was at Hollywood Studios. Sit in the dark and wait seven minutes for everything to go crazy on your eye, on your ears and like mind. It was like, no, thank you. And I'm glad it went away because it was just terrible. It was an interesting idea. They tried it. It worked for a while. They decided it didn't work anymore. They changed it. That's how it works. Well, and again, change is good. And, and the park evolved, which is part of, you know, at the, at the core really of, of what all we're talking about here is that the park evolved. Yeah. It's a different place. All right. Well, you've heard our arguments. You've heard our thoughts about what needs to happen to kind of bring Hollywood Studios together. And and I don't know. I think it's kind of funny that we ended up where we did when we started with a Princess and the Frog retheme of of Splash Mountain. But it it really is all this uh, a piece of the same thing, right? Of using the tools at your disposal to kind of refresh. So um, you heard our thoughts, our ideas. These are the kinds of shows where we especially love to hear from you because you all come with come up with so much better stuff than we do. Um, so let us know what you think. What do we get right? What do we get wrong? What ideas do you have that are better than ours? You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. You can find us on Twitter at disdadspodcast. Or if you just want to, you know... Tell Willie he doesn't know what he's talking about. You can contact him directly at with at wickedmousetravel.com. That's W-I-L-L-I-E at wickedmousetravel.com. Or Tim at Tim.x at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. Or Jay at I don't have a business. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jay doesn't have any business being here, but uh, if you want to get me personally, you can email me uh, at uh, uh, Aaron at MouseMasterTravel.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, with my intrepid panel, Tim Hicks. We'll see you real soon. Our stand-in, Jay Crocker. Thanks for having me again, guys. And... Our other co-host, Willie. Have a wicked wild night, guys. Fine, you just have to get used to using it because it's different. Because Willie's not that smart. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, <laughs> mark
I don't play the damn. I got to keep on. I don't play the damn thing.